I'm sorry there. Hey, everyone. How are you? My name is Yoni Pollock. I'm the host here on Bite Size every Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Nachum Seal Network. Right? I'm not the only one that sings that song as it goes, huh? Weaving Flag. This is the uh, the World Cup version from, I want to say, like, 2010. The original Weaving Flag, sung by, I think his name, it's either Kanon or Kanon. I never really got it right, but uh, he has an original, and then they kind of took it, and both songs phenomenal. Both songs a little different. I encourage you to check the other one out, somewhere on YouTube, somewhere wherever, but that's for a different time. For now, here, it's me. Yoni Pollock, and we have a great show for you planned today. But first, am I the only one with a busted bracket here? I have three brackets, all busted. Busted bracket. Bracket busted. (sighs) Miriam's are busted. I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that. Jamie's busted, likely. Jamie claims she's still in. Is that what she said? Yo, Yoey's still in. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. That's possible either. Let me tell you two stories I know about brackets. One, I have a a friend of mine who uh, doesn't know anything about college basketball, I believe. And if she does, I apologize. But what happened was she was doing one for work, and she decided she's just going to do the random generator thing. So she did the random generator, sent me what her final four looked like, and it had the following teams. It had the University of Florida Gators, the Gonzaga University Bulldogs, Oregon Ducks, and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, at first I was like, listen, you know, that's two number ones in UNC and in Gonzaga, so you're probably pretty good there. Florida coming out of a region with uh, Villanova and Duke might be tough, but all right. And then Oregon, and I, and here's the truth about Oregon. I loved Oregon, and if they didn't have their big man, uh, what's his name, Boucher, I think, if he wasn't hurt coming into the tournament, I would have picked them to go all the way. But I said, you know what, That's they lose their big man, so they got to work on a different rotation adversity too close to the tournament didn't want to deal with them fine so i was like eh, oregon i mean kansas is good though again i did not have kansas going anywhere um i actually thought purdue was going to come out of there alas they didn't and uh louisville was in that bracket michigan a good team so i saw their top four i said eh unlikely and then we come to the lead eight this past shabbos this past weekend and she had all her teams still left. i was like this is this is crazy um unfortunately florida lost but three out of four, I was crazy impressed with that. I think I read a stat somewhere like ESPN only six hundred and like fifty six hundred fifty brackets out of eighteen million had the top four on ESPN. I'm I'm assuming similar on Yahoo because number seven South Carolina comes out of the top left region. <sighs> crazy impressive. And the other story is I have another friend who said, you know what, for shtick, I'm gonna put North Carolina against South Carolina. North Carolina being a favorite, so that part wasn't crazy. But South Carolina a seven again in a in a tough 16-team uh, bracket that included Duke, Villanova, Florida, SMU, Baylor, Wisconsin, a lot of good teams, and and I mean, it's crazy. South Carolina, North Carolina. We'll find out after, uh, what is it, this coming Motse Shabbos are the final two games, are the, excuse me, the final four games and then the championships on Monday. But if North Carolina ends up playing South Carolina, boy, I got to give him credit. That's my bracket talk. Uh, a few uh, Simcha-related notes. First of all, I came back this past Sunday from an all-day wedding in Chicago. What I mean by that is I took a 6.51 flight out of LaGuardia, got into Chicago about 8.30. A good friend of mine picked me up, spent some time, um, 
with his family. We actually we spent an hour. Very nice. What the family does. They went to Maos Chitim in Chicago, and uh, I, I you know I don't recall the exact name of the organization or whoever. Um, that we were helping, but there were tons of volunteers. They're very impressed with the Chicago community. So many different volunteers. There were points where we get there, and for five minutes we're asking everyone, what can we do, what can we do? Sorry, we have too many volunteers. Like, that's that's just incredible for a whole community to come out. Um, and I'm not saying that wouldn't happen anywhere else, but uh, beautiful to hear that in Chicago and, and, and actually witness it. Eventually I went on to uh, cut a bunch of boxes up and, you know, throw them out. In a uh, in, in the fashion that they wanted me to to make it easier for all the other volunteers there, but uh, a huge shout out to the Chicago community for everyone coming together to help volunteer there. I know I think they're doing it again at the same place uh, this coming week where they will need more volunteers. They mentioned so I'm sure the Chicago community will step up. But um, if anyone else is in either the Chicago area, all around, look for volunteers opportunities. I mean, I was sitting around, I had nothing to do for a few hours, and they said, "Do you want to go?" I said, "Yeah, like." First of all, I mean, I happen to to really enjoy volunteering, and uh, I think I have to thank my parents for instilling that in me. But if anyone has an extra hour, and I know people are busy in their own homes, but there are many organizations that could use a helping hand or two before Pesach. So uh, I strongly encourage everyone to do their best to volunteer for different organizations in their cities, and and sometimes just financially helps as well. So uh, you could... I'm sure find all those opportunities on social media or wherever that may be. But anyway, I was in Chicago for this wedding. Beautiful wedding. Wedding started at 2. I booked a flight for 10, 15. And uh, so I left. I woke up at about 5, 15 in the morning and got back at 2.30 in the morning. A very quick trip, but a very enjoyable trip and a mazel tov to the Sykes and Gordon family. Gordon from Chicago, Sykes from Baltimore. Uh, Jeremy and Rebecca, a beautiful wedding. And uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing y'all soon uh another huge mazel tov uh, an upcoming wedding this coming sunday and uh i'll be playing my favorite wedding song for them you know i'm i'll give them them their shout out after we play the song but uh one one final mazel tov to my brother and sister-in-law tani and ruthie pollock uh ruthie a member of the zisplat family former i mean current still a member of the zisplat family no longer a zisplat herself but uh so a mazel tov to them to i guess myself to my parents first time grandparents for my parents still trying to figure out what are we what are we going to call you guys are we, are we bubby and zadie saba and safta are we going like uh safti grandma i, I gotta discuss this with my parents people were asking me what are they going to call me like uncle yoni uncle my nickname happens to be yopo so uncle yopo i was like ah, let's let's get him to talk first um i actually went to visit them he was uh Beautiful, healthy baby born Tuesday, early morning. I think it was 12.54 a.m. Fun fact, I was born 3.54 a.m. I, I don't know why anyone needed to know that, but that, that is your fun fact. So if anyone asks you when your favorite Nahum Siegel Network host was born, 3.54 a.m., July 22nd. I accept all gifts July 22nd and pretty much throughout the year. So um, anyway, that's your fun fact on me. But beautiful baby born. Then I went to visit them before work Tuesday morning. Uh, I actually, another fun fact, I don't like babies. Um, and what I mean by that is that I, I just don't, you know, I'm I'm scared of them. That's the truth. I'm I'm just scared of them. I don't like my brother's like, you could hold him. I said, no, I'm not holding him. Like, I, what what if I, I don't know, what if, what if something happens? I do not want to be responsible. I said, when he turns one, I'll hold him, which is probably not true. I'll probably end up holding him, but I did not. My brother's like, just touch his cheek. No, no thanks. No thanks. I'll, I'll do that a different time. I, 
um, truth is, I love kids. Like I, I, I like kids, but I need them to move around. I need them to make some noises before you know. Other than the way and the whatever, um, but Mazel Tov to them. And uh, big Shalom Zachar in the Heights this week. I assume a bris on Tuesday, God willing. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm going to have to file to HR that I may be a little late Tuesday morning. We'll see if they accept it. Um, but yeah, fun time in the Pollock household and the Zisplat household. They are, uh, I think, what is this? I, I, I really don't want to get it wrong. They're grandparents. They've been before. So uh, mazel tov to everyone from Houston, Boston, all those communities as well. And because we have all this simcha, there's only one song to play as we start this program. It's going to be Mahapecha Shel Simcha. But I, I just want to remind you for this week, let me let me tell you the big interviews for this week. Ready? This week, Tova Kanacht has a fantastic interview with the former Knesset member, Rabbi Dove Lipman. Uh, you can check that out. That'll be, let's see, let's say around 9.30 or so. And at 10 o'clock, Joanna Shepson returns for a, uh, she has an interview with the creators of Lutz Bench. And uh, anyone looking for benchers in Israel, I probably everywhere, um, we'll have more information. You know, I don't want to ruin the interview. So we'll have more information uh, regarding all that coming up at about 10. But for now, Mahapecha Shel Simcha. It's a Wednesday right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Single Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים
Shulon, Rishon Lezion, Kiriatarba Hichevron, Bersheva Shomeron. Check, 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 microphone. Batayen umiron, Kvarsavare, Nana, Iratika, Ashlecha. Shem Kineret Modein, Yemina Smola, Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and it's now time for the uh, pretty much weekly interview with Tova Kanach. This week, she interviewed Rabbi Dove Lippman, the former member of Knesset, 
Um, I was told there's not too many, too much politics. You know, we're strictly talking about Israel. You know, everything and anything that has to do with it. So here we go. Here's Tova with Rabbi Dove Lipman. You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in the Knesset right now with Dove Lipman, former member of Knesset. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Before we hear all about your amazing work that you're doing in the Knesset for Olim Abroad, um, can you give us a little bit of your own background story? Sure. Uh, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, and uh, went to Yeshiva in Israel after high school, just like everybody else, the same American uh, story that you're familiar with. Uh, to be honest with you, never had major plans uh, to make Aliyah, always supported Israel, loved Israel. Uh, it wasn't in the plan. But it was not in the plan. I was an educator, uh, actually teaching in schools that I went to uh, growing up in Silver Spring, uh, building a family uh, in Silver Spring, around all of my family in Silver Spring, and really wasn't uh, heading towards uh, Israel in any way. Uh-huh. So what changed? What changed? Uh, people ask me that question very often. The school that I was teaching at, the Berman Hebrew Academy in Rockville, Maryland, brought the school on a school mission to Israel. Okay. And my wife and I went around along as chaperones. And I, there was just this feeling uh, as we were here that how can we raise our children in, anywhere else? Anywhere else. This is, our children were young at the time, so we figured this is a time uh, to look into it and to explore it. And, uh-huh. and that was the catalyst. Uh, we just went home. I started looking for jobs uh, teaching in Israel. Was blessed to find jobs teaching in gap year programs for boys and girls. Uh-huh. And we took the plunge. And, and in July 2004, uh, we were on the second Nefesh Benefesh flight. What, second? Wow. Second flight. So it's yeah. been a while. It's been, yeah, it's been uh, 12, over 12 years. Uh, I'll never forget the moment, though, when we were on the flight, getting our children settled, and we had the youngest immigrant that summer. Our daughter Zahava was uh, six, oh. seven weeks old. Yeah. Uh, we just celebrated her bat mitzvah a few months ago. And thank you. And the pilot started speaking to us from the cockpit in his Israeli uh, accent. Uh-huh. And he talked about the flight, this, that, the other. And then he says, everybody sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. I'm here to take you home. Oh. And he said those words, and it just it just hit me that the magnitude of what was happening after two thousand years of going from country to country and continent to continent, here we were, uh, very comfortably making a choice uh, to come back home. Wow! So how do you go from teaching? to the Knesset. Yeah, if you would have told me that we were going down those steps of that airplane, uh-huh. uh, that I would end up in the Knesset, first of all, I had no aspirations for it. It wasn't, this was my dream my whole life to be in the parliament or to be involved in politics at all. I love teaching. I actually miss teaching a tremendous amount. Yeah. There were issues in Beit Shemesh where we live uh, between the religious and the not religious community or the ultra-Orthodox and the less, uh, I don't want to call less, but different communities. There were tensions. Uh-huh. And I started thinking to myself, you know, we talk about Iran and, and ISIS and Hezbollah and Hamas and terrorism as, as the threats to Israel's future. What about, what about internally? internally, who right. we are and every source that we have, every source that we have says that it's about who we are as a people from within. We, right. were, we were exiled because we didn't have unity mm-hmm. and we're not going to have redemption and peace until That's we have unity. Right. So I started getting involved and became an activist in Beit Shemesh uh, for these various issues. And little by little, I realized that if you really want to make an impact, especially when it comes to these things, it has to be from this building that we're sitting in right now in the Knesset. Uh-huh. And... Um, 
I, I didn't think I'd be a member of Knesset. I just wanted to get involved in the process. Hebrew-wise, for sure, that was the biggest reason why I thought I couldn't do it. Uh, I started getting involved, and then I got involved in a party which I felt was addressing uh, a lot the of these issues. internal issues uh-huh. and was asked by Yair Lapid uh, to be on the list for the new party, Yishatid, for Knesset. Uh, I was number wow. 17. What which was honor. Yeah, I, I even said to him when he asked me, I was in the country just a few years, I said, Yair, I know that I won't be a member of Knesset because uh-huh. I was number 17 on the list, which was... Uh, way down uh, from where, the, team, yeah, I yeah, yeah, for sure. But I said I just want to be involved, and I'm honored. And uh, an amazing thing happened along the way, and we won 19 seats. And uh, overnight, I just found myself uh, elected to the Knesset. Unbelievable. So, can you list any uh, or talk about any of your accomplishments as a member of Knesset? It's strange. You always feel strange talking about. Uh, Here's what I accomplished. <laughs> but, but the truth is, I viewed it very much as a shlichut, as 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 being here for the people of Israel and yeah. the state of Israel. Uh, so certainly the most important accomplishment, I was the head of the Knesset task force to help Haridim, the ultra-Orthodox, get to work. Uh-huh. And we set up projects all over Israel. Thank God, thousands and thousands of young men who had no background in general education, had no training for anything. We got them training, and then we got CEOs to hire them and work wow. with CEOs and companies. So that, for sure, you're just helping people have food to serve their children and, right. and, and, and Parnassa and livelihood. That's the greatest accomplishment, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the plastic bag law that just went into effect on January 1st. Uh, I very quietly, because I don't want people to criticize me for it because people don't like it. Here we go. Tova doesn't like the law either. Um, That's uh, okay. I walk around with my, everybody knows if they've seen me on, you know, all my videos, uh, I walk around with my bubby cart. The cart. Okay, so, so I don't need the bag. So right. It didn't affect me. Yes. Yeah, so that was a law that I, uh, that I wrote and became a government law. I went through all the steps, but thank God um, it's going to be a huge help to the environment in Israel. Israel has a real problem with these plastic bags that don't go anywhere after right. you use them and they just give off uh, pollution into the air over time so we love our country we love this land I believe that God gave us this land so we have to treasure it and take care of it so that's a law uh, that we passed another law which again uh, it seems like a small little piece of paper that makes a big difference uh, there are guide dogs in Israel Uh, Uh it's a place called the Israel Guide Dog Center for the Blind and the guide dog center needs the first year of the puppy's life needs families to foster Mm -hmm. those dogs we actually did that uh, in our family, oh. we took in a dog named Mondo, and he was with us for a year. Wow. And your job as a foster parent to this dog yeah. is to take it everywhere and get it used to being a public and not react and be calm and, uh-huh. and always be there for the blind person. And we discovered in our family that, and my wife especially, that people weren't letting her bring the dog places because they'd say no dogs allowed. Wow. And so we passed the law saying if you're fostering a puppy to be a guide dog, you get a card, uh-huh. and you're allowed to go anywhere with a dog just like a blind person. The guide dog center in, expects a 25% increase in dogs that will pass the course and go home because with blind people because of the law. So wow. to help blind people in Israel and more people get dogs, another example of the kinds of things that you can do uh, while you're sort of working behind the scenes within the Knesset. Wow, so behind the scenes, talking about that, are there any behind the scenes stories that you can share? Incredible, incredible things that happen in this building. I'll give you one example which just captures, uh, one is a more spiritual one and more one is just a funny story. Uh, we were in the middle of this heated, heated debate about the draft of the yeshiva boys into the army. And you can I, imagine the passion. I did see you on a television yeah, talking about it. Talking, it's a big issue yeah. for me. Uh, but you can imagine the passions in the room. We were in the malaya, in the plenary, yeah. from like 4 o'clock in the afternoon until 3 o'clock the next morning, debating it. And everyone's screaming and yelling. and sort of the culture uh, right. here in the Knesset. <laughs> and at about 9.30, there was a pause in the action for some reason. There was a technicality. The secretary of the Knesset had to figure something out. And there was quiet in the room for just like a second. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I heard, Mariv. 
And all of us went into this wow. back room and we daven Marv together. And I was watching the string Shema and even people who are quote unquote secular joined. I'm saying like, look at this. You know, here we're arguing with passion about this issue and people will think that we're so polarized and ripping each other apart. Uh-huh. But, but we could come together around that, that Marv. So that wow. was, that was, that was one prayer. story. Wow. Uh, another story though, I walked into a committee I was in the finance committee, which mm-hmm. is has to approve every shekel that the government wants to transfer and spend, uh-huh. and it was a very, very tense meeting. We, I forgot, it was a few hundred million shekel to an education program, and the coalition was for it, the opposition was against it, they're screaming at each other, and the attorney of the committee needed a few minutes to research something, so we went on recess for 10 minutes. So what does a good American boy do? It was Monday morning, so I went on my iPad to watch the football highlights from the day before. <laughs> So I'm just watching the highlights, and there was this amazing, amazing catch that was made by this New York Giants wide receiver named Odell Beckham. And I went, wow! And then somebody asked me, what? What happened? I said, no, 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 nothing. It's just football. He said, no, show me. So I showed him the highlight. He's like, wow, I don't believe this. And, and, yeah. and he gets the next guy. And before I knew it, every single member of class in this committee is gathering around and watching this highlight of this <laughs> football thing. Why am I telling you this? All of a sudden, all the tensions went away, and the committee went back in session, and we passed it without a problem. And what? you know, if this wide receiver of the New York Giants would only know how he helped Israel transfer a few hundred million shekels to education <laughs> program, but it's the kind of surreal thing uh, that that sometimes happens here. Unbelievable. So another initiative that you are tremendous. Your name comes up all the time with Aliyah. You are a tremendous advocate for people to move to Israel. Um, why? So let me start with this. Um, I think to myself, what would all of us and everybody who's listening, what would your great, great, great grandparents have done, have given up to breathe the air of Jerusalem for five minutes? Uh Just to breathe the air. I'm not asking to live there, just to experience it. And here we live in this time where you can just come and not just breathe it, but but live it. Uh, You know, you open up the the Navi and you hear prophecies about the reflourishing of the land of Israel, the ingathering of the exiles. Right, our ancestors believed it, but we see it. It's happening. So I believe that the this could be the most important call to our generation is to come to live in the land of Israel. Now, I'm not a person who says that everybody has to just drop everything and come. You have to be smart about it. You have to have a plan about it, and that's where Nefesh Benefesh and other organizations certainly come in. They can help, but every single person, at the very least, has to explore it. Explore it. Think about it. Explore it. Hope for it. Yearn for it. And if you can't then raise your children with that value. And then I always say, raise your children that when they're 18, they should come here and move here and serve here and study here and make their lives here and then join them afterwards uh, in retirement. One of the most successful age groups uh, for Aliyah is 55 plus. Uh, It's an incredible retirement. My mother actually is retired and lives in Israel. Her Aliyah story is a little bit different than other people's. Uh, She made Aliyah in order to vote for me uh, to get into the Knesset, like a good Jewish mother. That's what the motivating factor was. (laughs) But now she's here and with her husband and the retirement is is spectacular. They're busy every day. So I want people to at least think about it, to explore it. How are you doing this? So I, I go around and I tell my story, first of all, my okay. Aliyah story and the, the surreal nature of what happened, that I went from being an um, uh, educator in Silver Spring, Maryland, and yeah. all of a sudden I found myself sitting in the Knesset and, and trying to work on things that deal with the, the future of, of Israel and the Jewish people. Um, and I have to say that I, I tell people about the greatness of the times that we live in, some of the incredible stories. I talk about my grandmother, may she live and be well, who uh, I had to tell her I'm making Aliyah. Uh-huh. And she lives in New York. She survived the Holocaust, and she's in the golden years of her life and enjoying her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Right. 
And I was nervous to tell her making Aliyah. And she responded, you won't believe this, she responded with the bracha of Shechianu. Wow. She said, I've been blessed to live in the time to see my grandchildren and great-grandchildren settle in the land of Israel. I can't have That's anything but beautiful. thanks to God for that. Wow. And then my grandmother had the strength to make the trip to Israel. And she visited me in my Knesset office. Uh-huh. And she sat here and she said, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like a Jewish state, Yerushalayim, a Jewish parliament. What she saw in her history. My grandson, right? Seventy years after her liberation from Auschwitz, we live in the most incredible times, and I want people to think about. So now, what do we have to do with that? God has given us this gift. Yeah. Are we exploring, uh, trying to make Israel our home? Are we raising our children? Are our schools teaching about it? I went to school for twelve years in wonderful schools. I have no complaints about my schools. None. Yeah. No yeah. one ever stood in front of a classroom and said to me, "By the way, according to the Ramban." Uh, Nachmanides, you have a positive commandment, obligation to live in the land of Israel, and that everybody else holds, at least it's a fulfillment of a mitzvah. It's not talked about in those terms. I'm trying to generate uh, that conversation. And to be honest with you, I want to give everybody else the gift that I have and my children have. Give them the gift uh, and the blessing of living in the land of Israel. You know, Tova, that it's a gift. It really is. Living here, it's it's a real dream. You're also starting this other initiative where you're involved in this initiative called uh, Here Next Year and there's an Israel Fair coming up for this. Can you give a little bit of a Sure. Here, Here Next Year is an amazing organization that was started by two young women who said we have thousands of boys and girls who are in Israel for their gap year. They're here already. Uh-huh. And what, where's the rush to go back to the United States for university and, and, and why when you can have greater opportunities here besides just studying Torah or whatever else you're doing during your gap year, yeah. you can serve in the army here. You can go to university here. Explore it. Get a taste for it. See if maybe you want to make Israel uh, your, ultimately your home, but just stay here next year. And they, But they give people guidance because a lot of yeshiva students, I certainly, when I was here, had no idea right. what the options were. Right. So they provide all the options and how do you pursue them? Lone soldiers, shirut le'umi, university, other kinds of volunteer opportunities and have all the information that make a good decision, but also to be part of a network of hundreds of other young men and women who are exploring it as well to realize you're not alone if you decide to do this. And I think it's, again, taking advantage of this blessing that we have. It's not just a gap year, I'll go, I'll do the Israel thing and then I'll go back to America, but let me see what else I can do uh, for Israel and maybe even explore uh, making Israel my home. So really, Kola Kavod and all the initiatives that are... They're practical, practical initiatives to get people to move to Israel, even think about it. You wrote a book recently... Can you tell us uh, what it's called and what the premise is? Absolutely. Uh, so since I've been in Knesset, I actually wrote two books. One is called An American MK, okay. uh, Behind the Scenes of the 19th Knesset, where I actually tell uh, my story and, and talk about things that happened in the Knesset with some incredible stories and also just how the Knesset works. Okay. Uh, so that's called, that's from Trafford Publishing, and it's called An American MK. Uh, and then more recently, I, I joined together with a former Shin Bet agent named Devir Kariv. Uh-huh. Uh, Devir was a Shin Bet agent on the night that uh, Yigal Amir uh, assassinated Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin, and Dvir found himself in the prison cell with Igal Amir in the days following the assassination, and Dvir decided to kill him. Dvir decided to take his gun and kill Igal Amir, a story people don't know about. Absolutely true story. And then he explains why he ultimately did not do it. Uh But he had his hand on the gun, and the story, from my perspective, captures so much of what we're dealing with in Israel. A lot of the struggles, struggles of peace Palestinians uh, and the passions that are involved with that and the love for the land of Israel, um, religion and state in the land of Israel. What does a Jewish state mean? And the story, step by step, you get an inside look into a lot of these challenges about Israel. And I also think you see the beauty of Israel because um, it really gives you a sense for, wow, we have our 
own democratic country with democratic rules and law and order, and 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 we have to follow those. Uh, we use all the mechanisms mechanisms in place to try to fight for what we believe in. And Israel is a country filled with passions, people on all sides of the yeah. issues. But what's all said and done, part of being a democracy and a Jewish state is that we have the uh, governments and the and the ministries and the systems in place to have a functioning uh, government. And we have to follow those once everything has been done. And it's a, it's a powerful, powerful story uh, and it's sort of like an inside look into something that happened in Israel that many people don't even realize about. Wow. Well, I want to also thank you for the tour that you gave me. I got a private tour of the Knesset. There's a video uh, floating through Facebook about it. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll link it here. Um, before we end off, can you tell, you know, you moved here from Baltimore, from America. You live in Israel. You're clearly loving it. Is there one place in Israel that you can call your happy place? So uh, the, the place that I love the most in Israel is actually the Kinneret. Oh. Uh, just the, uh, sitting there uh, and looking at the water, but looking at the reflourishing of the land, and to remind myself, 100, 200 years ago, this was marshland. There was empty. Desolate. It was desolate. It was desolate. And a bunch of refugees came back here and risked their lives and died to rebuild this land and drain the swamps and build this flourishing, beautiful land. I see the trees. I see the flowers. And it just reminds me of the incredible times in which we live wow. and the incredible possibilities. Uh, everybody just has to imagine greater possibilities in their lives. And your life could be even more than what you're experiencing now. And Israel is the place where that happens. Wow. Well, tremendous success. Thanks for sitting with me. My pleasure. Thank you. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Rabbi Dov Lipman, for joining her. As usual, you could check out the interview on our archives or as well on tovainisrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook. She posts the video there, and uh, we thank Tova for everything that uh, she does for us. And uh, go ahead and, and follow her on Facebook, Tova in Israel, especially around these times, around the holidays. There's always some some interesting things. You know, she loves to point out all the cool and exciting things going on in Israel, whether it be different signs on the buses or the, the shook and everything that's going on there. Uh, you don't want to miss it. So Tova in Israel on Facebook, tovainisrael.com for more with Tova. But for now, back to music. Here's Ivri Anochi off of Benny Friedman's new album, Fill the World with Light. Jew and every Jew's a proud Jew. 
not just me My sisters and my brothers Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew It's not what you've done It's how he made you So sing this song and spread the pride around you Yehudiani, eternally Hey Abraham, Yitzchak V'Yakov V'lei Sarayivko
it's time we show the world my strength Strength stronger than it used to be Ay, I think it's time we gave the world a choice Choice, choice that not it used to be Cause I'll be in the rhyme I'll take and get what's mine Said without wings you can't fly Cause now I'm stronger than the lions and stronger than the bees Stronger than I used to be and strong as all I'll be Yes I'm stronger than the lions kid off of the new rogers park album the maggot i've actually had the chance to listen to most of these selections on this album i'm i'm impressed you know not often actually i shouldn't say not often but you you hear of these i don't want to say obscure just kind of come out and these different bands and some of them stick some of them don't rogers park seems to be legit and kingdom kid is it's probably my favorite off of this album uh so i encourage all of y'all to go ahead and Check it out. Here we are. It's the top of the hour here on Bite Size. And we're now joined by Joanna Shepson, who uh, spoke recently with Daniel Laufer of Let's Bench. Uh, So I don't want to ruin it. I'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. But for now, here's Joanna with Daniel Laufer. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Signal Network.
Thank you, Yoni. Today I'm sitting with Daniel Laufer from Let's Bench. Um, two guesses as to what his business is here in Jerusalem. Um, Daniel actually creates custom benchers that can be used for bar and bat mitzvahs, weddings, um, summer camps. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his story, how he got involved in this, and what options um, are available for people who are planning a simcha. Hi, Daniel. Good morning. How are you? Hi. Welcome to Good morning. So tell us a little bit about you. Where did you come, where did you come from before you came to Israel, and when did you make Aliyah? Uh, I came to Israel from, uh, I'm originally from Silver Spring, Maryland, um, and uh, I actually made Aliyah from the Boston area. I lived in Brookline for a while, and uh, and I've been here for uh, a little bit more than 25 years, almost all of that time working in education, uh, Jewish education, working with bringing American uh, students, uh, high school kids uh, to Israel and uh, bringing them around the country and letting them enjoy it and then go back and have uh, Israel as part of their lives. Uh, more recently, I decided to uh, go a little bit entrepreneurial and uh, create this business called Let's Bench, uh, together with a partner, uh, Yitz Wolf. Uh, and we basically, uh, the idea originally was to have a... Um, uh, honestly, the idea was when I was working with, uh, with, with students from, from the United States and Canada, um, at the end of their program in Israel, they were here for half a year, at the end of their program in Israel, I wanted, them to, I wanted to give them a gift, uh, a presentation that would have some Jewish value and also relate to their experience in Israel. So uh, I thought, why don't we put pictures into an album and give it to them? But that wasn't enough. So that's where we, we combined it with a, uh, a bencher, a birkon, uh, that had pictures of their experience in Israel. At the same time, uh, was a bencher full of zmirot and, uh, and, and brachot and prayers, etc., that they could they, then use on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, uh, and, uh, and remember their experience. So that's how, that's how it started. That's really beautiful because not only do they remember their experience as they flip through the Birkon and see pictures, but their family or whoever's visiting their home gets to see pictures and uh, maybe it was a, a good marketing tool also. Which program were you running? Uh, the program is called uh, Tichon Ramah Yerushalayim. It was uh, part of the Ramah camp movement uh, and, uh, from North America. The yeah the idea of of, uh, of uh, as a marketing thing I wasn't really thinking about it at the time um, but people started asking me uh, this is really nice this is cool this is special why don't you uh, why don't we you know why don't you make these for 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 smachot as well so that is where we evolved into creating a business called Let's Bench so from what I understand it was something that you kind of started off doing on the side. And then now you've, as, as you put it, you've rebooted, and now you're really focused on this. So tell us a little bit about the different options people can have. Let's start with um, the content. What are the different options for content? The benchers are basically uh, standard benchers uh, in, uh, in Hebrew. But then we decided, okay, well, for the North American market, we really want to give the option of ha- adding English and transliteration as well. So we have, uh, we have now three main products, a, a, uh, a booklet bencher. A booklet bencher that can be in Hebrew only or Hebrew and English uh, with transliteration. Uh, a, a booklet that can that can have basic benching or could also have a, what we call a Shabbat and Zmirot package, which uh, which includes obviously all the uh, brachot that you need for for Shabbat as well as uh, as um, as Zmirot. Uh, and then we have two other products that uh, uh, will, are, are a little bit less expensive, uh, and that is the. 
uh, uh, folding card benchers that are laminated beautifully. Uh, the idea there is a, uh, a more standard bencher that still has pictures in it. Uh, we have two versions of that. One is, a, we call it a four panel, which uh, uh, means it folds three times and you can put in about up to, let's say, six to ten pictures. And then a, a two panel, which is a one-fold venture, which uh, basically is just the, the front cover is what you, uh, you put your logo or your picture on. It's really nice because I'm sitting here actually, unfortunately through radio, you're not able to see um, the benchers, but I'm going to post some pictures on the blog post. Um, I've got benchers for Naama, a one, you know, with a cover picture of Naama in India, looks like. Yeah. Um, we've got Talia's bencher, Nadiva's bencher, um, Zali's bencher, which looks like a soccer field. There are a lot of ways to customize it so that the bencher actually relates to the bar or bat mitzvah. Or when it's a wedding, there's also a bencher here with pictures starting from the engagement up and through um, the this couple and their dating. So there are a lot of great things. Now, what happens, we live in a world where some people, Davin, will bench with an Ashkenaz Nusach, some with a Svard, some with egalitarian, some with... So what are the different options you offer? Right, so that, that's where we get into trying... I'm going to actually take even a step back from that. And that the, the idea that we, we really wanted to create something that was easy to use... Um, so we created the, a, uh, an online app that you could choose whichever nusach you wanted. So if you wanted Ashkenazi, you chose Ashkenazi. If you wanted Svardi, you chose Svardi. If you wanted Egal, if you wanted uh, um, nusach Ari. Uh, uh, we also are, you know, we've done a, a French version uh, with French transla- uh, translation and translation, uh, well, I guess just translation uh, for, uh, for, for Jews from France. And... Um, let me just tell people, you can actually see the site at letsbench, L-E-T-S-B-E-N-C-H dot com. And I love technology. I love, you know, I run a website, so I understand what goes into making a site simple. It is actually much harder to make a site simple than it is to make it cumbersome. And their site is super clean, super simple. Within five minutes, you create your own venture. But the beauty is that there are real people behind the website. So Daniel and Yitz are real. They're there. They get an email saying you've created a venture, and they'll contact you to then customize a, a cover to make a really beautiful cover for you. So you got to get the best of both worlds. That's what I love. Uh, tell us a little bit about Yitz and how what talents he brings into the picture. Right. So Yitz Wolf is from Toronto. He is probably, as far as I'm concerned, I think that he's one of the best uh, design people uh, in all of Jerusalem, uh, maybe beyond that as well. He is uh, extremely talented, uh, and uh, he's just got a great eye for these things. So when when somebody is interested in a venture, they contact us, and usually, uh, if it's you know the right time of day, because uh, of course most of our clients are coming from North America and we're in Jerusalem. Uh, usually, when they contact us. Uh, Yitz takes that that uh, information that they send. You know, this is what he, they want on the cover. Or they're thinking of this kind of a logo or this kind of a design. And uh, oftentimes, within within minutes, uh, or certainly within the hour, he might give you uh, already a a first proof of a, of an example of what your venture could look like. Uh, and then you go from there with him, uh, d- uh, designing, uh, designing the first, uh, first, second, and third draft, whatever, how long it takes, uh, to have your own personalized, customized, uh, customized venture. And Yitz is also a photographer, right? Tell me how you use some of uh, his photography in your ventures. 
So our online app actually includes some of his photography. Uh, our online app is specifically for, designed for the booklet venture. Uh, the booklet venture, uh, you, the idea is that you would upload your own pictures and put it in uh, to the places, the placeholders uh, after the, the template is created by the, by the app based on your choices. You choose Ashkenazi, you choose a background color, you choose to have the Zmirat section put in, etc. And then your venture is created for you in front of you and then you upload pictures. We also have a section there of, uh, of already existing pictures pictures of our own, uh, pictures that he's taken from around the country, and they're beautiful, and you can put those in as well. Uh, his eye is, uh, he just has such a great eye when it comes to these things. So you can see, uh, you can see some of his photography there. Obviously, you can go online and see a, a lot more of his pictures. The other thing is that we decided to create our, uh, this is a, a future product, which is hopefully going to come out for pretty soon. We're going to create a, uh, a pre-existing venture, one that has uh, a booklet venture that has pictures already in it from Israel, uh, from all over Israel. Um, uh, we think that it's going to be called Birkon Haaretz, and uh, it's, a, uh, uh, it's going to be a, 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 the idea there is a product that you don't have to put your own pictures in, you just want to have pictures of the country, something that looks beautiful, something that's modern, something that, that is uh, uh, a, a, a cool, sweet hip kind of a, a birkan. At the same time, you put your own cover on it uh, that we designed for you uh, or with you. So that's something that we're working on right now. I think also, correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the picture venture with Israel Pictures, the pictures are separate from the text. So you're not going to end up with text on top of pictures, which I've seen in other Birkonim, which are beautiful, but very, very hard to use. So when you have a venture where you can appreciate the pictures, but the text is separate and easy to read, it's going to be a great seller, I think. Right. So that, again, that is the idea. We don't want something that is, uh, that is just beautiful. We want something that is utilitarian mm -hmm. as well. It's, gonna, it's a Birkon. It's a venture. We want people to be able to bench with it. And, uh, and the pictures augment it. They add to that experience. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, picture, beautiful pictures of Israel uh, can add to any benching experience. But uh, the, the idea is that you're going to be able to use the bencher as well. It won't take away from the experience of, of, uh, of the bracha, of the benching. So one other thing I want to mention, I'm actually making a bar mitzvah in a couple of weeks, um, but my son's bar mitzvah is the weekend after Purim. Had it been the weekend of Purim... Um, Daniel also makes a few different types of custom booklets that aren't benchers per se, but let's say Megillat Esther. Beautiful, he has a beautiful Megillat Esther here from a bat mitzvah, and it has some pictures of the bat mitzvah girl, but it's also the full text of the Megillah. Or one of the other ones that's a real favorite of mine is a, a booklet with the tefillot for Yom Ha'atzma'ut or for Yom Yerushalayim. Like what a beautiful idea to have pictures of Jerusalem or pictures of your child with Jerusalem if they're celebrating their bar bat mitzvah around the time of Yom Yerushalayim, especially this year with the 50th anniversary. And um, although... In about three years, I'll be making another bar mitzvah, and my other son, his bar mitzvah will be right before Hanukkah. So you can uh, be sure I'll be doing some sort of booklet with Ma'otzur and the brachot for lighting candles um, and some cute pictures of Marco. Um, so just before we end, just tell, let me know, let the, the listeners know, um, can people order from all around the world, or is it just America? Uh, it's actually all over the, all over the world, we, uh, and we... 
But as part of our uh, part of our ideas, we had a we have a flat, relatively small fee for international free international sorry for for international shipping uh, to make the shipping not a not a big deal. And the shipping is pretty fast. Uh, our standard shipping uh, gets to, for example, the New York metropolitan area within three days. Uh, you'll have the ben- you'll have your your venture order. You must uh, have a magician in the postal service. Um, actually, <laughs> we use EMS, which is part of the which is sort of uh, which which uh, partners with local uh, postal services. Like in the United States, it's with the United States Postal Service, um, but it's package service. So it, it, it's delivered, uh, it's tracked, and it's a uh, it's a very uh, a very efficient service. We also uh, use uh, um, uh, overnight and or two-day services for, uh, for people who need a, a more expedited uh, order, uh, and that is available also, obviously, for a, a, a higher price, but, uh, but it is also something for people who have to do a rush order. They can get the venture even within two days, and if, again, in the, in the general New York metro area where a lot of the orders come from, there are, uh, there's overnight service as well. And it's just really important to note, these benches are made in Jerusalem. They're Daniel and Yitz uh, work out of an office in Jerusalem, so there's a nice feeling about knowing that you've ordered your benches from Israel if your simcha is not taking place here. And if your simcha is taking place here, you can do the same. So I just want to thank Daniel and let everyone know if you'd like to reach Daniel directly, you can email Let's Bench, L-E-T-S-B-E-N-C-H, at funinjerusalem.com. And now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Daniel Lauver. He really created such an easy an easy way, a web app to create custom benchers. And uh, I know a lot of people have tons of benchers at their Shabbos tables. And we're all used to the NCSY ones, or whichever ones, you know, the ones with the pictures. Here's another way to, to get a little funky, to get a little different than the usual ones. Uh, you could go contact them again, as Joanna said, let's bench at funinjerusalem.com. Um, and if you have any other questions regarding this, contact them. I'm sure they'll be quick to answer. More on Joanna, check her out, funinjerusalem.com, Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook. This is the time of year, right before Pesach, where you, you, know, you still don't have your plans ready. For Pesach or even for the summer, some people already starting early. Pesach's here. We got we to gotta start our summer planning. Contact Joanna. She knows everything and anything to do in Israel. Tours, cool, you know, whatever it is, parties or festivals, or you need a program to do in, in the middle of nowhere, Israel, sh- she'll find it for you. She's got it for you. Contact her. Go to funinjerusalem.com for more information there. Trust me, you will not regret it. More coming up on Bite Size. How about Simcha Liners via tomorrow? Thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Ooh, it's a 
לכל זמן, לכל זמן ועת, לכל זמן, לכל זמן ועת, את לאהוב, את לשנוא, את מלחמה, ויהיה, ויהיה שלום. לכל זמן, לכל זמן ועת, לכל זמן, לכל זמן ועת. Jakob Schwecki's at Recode. As I said, I, I told you earlier, I was going to play this song at some point. I usually play this song whenever I've got an upcoming wedding. And I have another one this week. This week. And and it, it not that it pains me. It's, bit, it's a little bittersweet. I was supposed to be at the offer of this coming Shabbos, but because my brother and sister-in-law decided to have a child this week, and it happens to be a boy, so I have to stay in the heights for the Shalom Zachar, which, which again, is, is beautiful, great. 
Um, I'm just missing out on an offer. Um, but a big shout out to my friend Jonathan Gardner getting married this coming Sunday in Lakewood, which means I'll be in Lakewood three of the next two of the next four days, two of the next three days, whatever it is, because this coming Thursday, that's right, tomorrow, the Nachum Seal Network will be in Lakewood presenting a Manischewitz live lunch at season. So if you're in the area, stop by. We'll be there 11 to 1 broadcasting. It's good fun. Those shows are a lot of fun. And uh, I encourage everyone to go out, shop there, and join us. And uh, I promise you it'll be a good time. So here we are, four to the door. We wrap every week with four to the door. And I know we have we have some time this week. So I said, you know what? I'll cut music a little short, and I'm going to ask... Um, Miriam L. Wallach, the host. One here. <laughs> yeah, you're, I mean, listen, Jamie's here. Jamie. Jamie just Jamie, for some reason play. doesn't like to play with us, which is fine. Oh, she's really. Every party needs a group. Oh, oh, oh! Don't say that. Don't say that. But uh, I have asked Miriam to join us. Jamie, as usual, joins us by by not joining us. <laughs> she just hands me a piece of paper and I and I read her paper. Right. But when Miriam's That's here, Jamie's it, participation. Exactly. But when Miriam's here, it allows a little a little banter between the two of us. What's um, going on, Uncle Yopo? Livens it up, <laughs> Uncle Yopo. I still, I still don't have a name for myself. I, I don't know if I'm just going to go Uncle Yopo or if I'm the expected kid's gonna to do something. going to end up calling you Pollock. I don't know because none of my friends call me. I'm really, I'm Yopo to everyone in in the New York. Anyone that knows me past like high school, I'm okay. I'm Big Red to anyone that knows me back home. Okay. Um, I'm not like Pollock. No one's ever called me Pollock. It may just. Except for me, right. it may just develop organically. That's true. Stephen's cousin, yeah. when he became an uncle, his name is Tzvi, and his um, nephew, his the oldest of the next generation, couldn't say Uncle Tzvi, so he said Uncle Cheese, <laughs> and it stuck. <laughs> and and stuck. this other individual, this nephew, is now thirty six, and we all call him Uncle Cheese. Interesting. I like that. That's yeah, funny. it's really cute. That's funny. How do we get? Th- oh, okay, here we go. Uncle Yopo. This is right, Uncle Yopo. Right. But uh okay, so four to the door this week. I'm ready. We wrap up every show, four to the door. Uh I just decided, you know what, this week I know next week is before Pesach, we're probably gonna do something Pesach themed. Mm-hmm. And this week I was like, you know what? Something I haven't done in a while is do random. Usually there's some sort of theme that that ties into the interviews. I decided this week I was at a Shabbos meal recently, and and one of the, the big things in the Heights, you know, not everyone knows everyone at a Shabbos meal, and that's not just in the Heights, that's everywhere, but when you're a little younger, you tend to do icebreakers. And I said you know what? I I need to do a favorite icebreakers for the door because everyone has different ideas. Uh, some of them I show up to a meal and it's like a oh, classic icebreaker. Eh. And some of them are like, you know what? I wish I hosted a meal and decided on the icebreaker. And um, I I wish I decided, you know, I could decide on the icebreaker. So now I have my own show here and I could decide <laughs> on my whatever I want to do for the door. So this week is going to be our top four favorite icebreakers. So as usual, Jamie handed me a piece of paper. I'll read hers four to one. I have my four to one and I also have I, I mean, I don't have Miriam's actually going to tell her, right? Tell us her four to one. Um, but if you want to leave a comment on the app, please. I mean, I want to hear what you guys like to hear in terms of icebreakers. Leave a comment on the app, yoniandachlamsegel.com. That's for comments about four to the door, for bite size in general. So please, I want to hear from you. So what we're going to do as when we usually do three, I'm going to do Jamie's number four, then we'll do your number four, my number four, Whatever you and want. go like that. All right. Funny so, how Jamie goes first when she's not even here. Yeah, Jamie, you have anything to say about that? No. Because right. Jamie doesn't talk on the air. Jamie doesn't talk. So she gave me a list four, like one through four, but not not numbered. Meaning, <laughs> meaning I don't know if number. I assume number one's on the top. So I'm gonna go. But I really like her number four. Whatever. I'm gonna assume number one's on top. Two, three, four. Okay. So number four on Jamie's list 
is it's called stage name. What you do is your street name and childhood pet. So for me, I guess it would be is it is it street name that I was born on, Jamie, or street name? She would answer you if she came on the air. Also, I feel like in New York, or like if you live in the city or like I guess in Queens, you're just like a random number. That's your street name. 121st. Right. So mine is, I guess we'll do now, Cliffwood, and I ain't have a childhood pet. So none. Well, see, I don't know how. Th- Sorry, Jamie, you're not here to defend yourself or you are, but you will not come on the air. I don't know how this is a good icebreaker. It doesn't start a conversation. I don't know. If, it, it's if the funny. whole point. Okay, I hear that. But if the whole point of an icebreaker is to. Is to there we go. If the whole point of an icebreaker is to elicit a conversation for it to be a... How? Like if I had a chinchilla, I'd be Cliffwood Chinchilla. Yo. Minus the yo. But that'd be my stage name. Okay. I don't have a pet either. By the way, not chinchillas. That would be the name of the pet. Oh, is or that... is it the name of the pet, Jamie? I, I... Okay. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> of course it elicits conversation. How? Because then you would be talking about, oh, I didn't have a pet, but... What, so that then you start talking about that, and then everyone at the table starts talking about their pets, and if they had a pet, or if they didn't have a pet, and then I hear these, that. these things. I feel this only works if you've had a pet, and you have had pets. I've, I've had a hamster. Hamsters count. Named Lil. Lil. <laughs> like Phil and Lil. So what would what would be your stage name? Phil well, and Lil from Rugrats. I, I've I've moved a lot, right. so I could pick anything. But let's say Lil Magnolia is <laughs> Lil what Magnolia. my current parents. Street name is because I not live your in current Queens. parents. Your parents' current, current street current name. Street name. We like your parents. So I would be Lil Magnolia. Oh, so pet That's and then awesome. street name. Yeah, yeah. pet yeah. and then street name. Okay, I mean pet I, name then street name. Pet, pet name, name would name. more likely be the first name. Right. So I don't have. I never had a pet growing up. But that would warrant a conversation. I think that's a conversation ender. Not my really. kids. My kids could talk about how. I once asked somebody to bring home fish for dinner. Right. Right. And then they bought themselves a fish, That's right? Because they were hysterical. And what did they name the fish? Because they are children of the network. Malcolm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be, if I was using my childhood address, it would be Malcolm Overlook. All right. That's cool. And then it's like, okay. how did you get the name so Malcolm? Yeah, it's and all, that's it's what, a whole thing. Even if it wasn't your childhood pet, then everyone would say, pick a different pet. Pick something close to you. See? We okay. talked about it now. It worked. I'm not so sure. Okay, okay, so let's hear your number four then. Oh, my number four is two truths and a lie. Ooh, that that Jamie. Did she read your paper? No. Is that your number one? Yep. Ooh, two truths and a lie is a good icebreaker. It is breaker. a good one. What would what would be your two truths and a lie? Oh, on the spot. What do you think? Um, I did one. I, I don't know. I'm so bad at the lie part because it's not. Because I'm not a good liar. I would never be able to remember the lie. I don't have that kind of memory span. (laughs) That's how my kids know I'm always telling the truth. I don't, I can't remember anything. Right, usually you could tell. lie? (laughs) You could usually tell early on when it's like they they quickly say two things and then like the third one they're like, uh, uh. Right, you have to really, you can't be the first one. If you're the first one in two truths and a lie, you're dead. Want to know mine? Oh, Jamie. Yes, I do. I'm proud. I have an orange belt in karate. Okay. I got a concussion by an onion. Okay. I got bit by a pig. Oh, that's good. Uh, that is very good. Are those three all lies right are, there? All of which are plausible. I never knew any of these things. <laughs> um, I'm wow. going to say I'm going to say concussion by an onion, except I'm, with you that's probably the most plausible. No, what was the no, first I'm one? I'm going with concussion with I an have onion. an orange belt in karate. Yeah, I think that's a lie. It is a lie. I have a blue belt in karate. Oh! <laughs> which yes. is higher, blue or orange? Blue. So let's talk about the onion. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got a concussion by an onion um, when I was in Israel for the year. 
Somebody pelted Black you with an onion. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, that's right. And people were playing catch over my head, and I asked them to stop, and they I didn't, and then is. they hit me in the head. Right. Um, and then I <laughs> did get bit by a pig. My camp, growing up, had a petting zoo, and I was in the dog cage petting the dog, and the, the pig my hand was resting on the on the side of the cage where the pig cage was next door, and the the pig was hungry, and it bit my pinky. You have a scar? No, but I ran all the way to the infirmary with my like pinky up oh. and like screaming. Heavens, how old were you? Like ten. Oh my gosh, that's great. That is precious. That's great. That is precious. All right, here's my number four. Ready? Yep. I, I don't want to say it's a cop out. My number four is actually like favorite icebreaker. So like you go around and say, "What is your favorite icebreaker to do?" Hmm. Mm. <laughs> That's why okay. it's number four. There's not that many. That's, but there's you could get so creative. Like I, I mean, I didn't think of. No, I want you to know I something. I did a little research, otherwise known as WhatsApped a teenager. Oh, and I got like ten different ideas. Right, and that also kind of starts conversation, mm-hmm. in a way. All right, so Jamie's number three, and I might need your help on this. Okay, number three on Jamie's list is headbands. Headbands a is a game, yeah. right? Yes. And what you do? So everyone has a headband, and they have a card on their headband, so they can't see their own card. But they could see everyone else's, right? Mm-hmm. And then what, I guess, so if I have the headband, I'm supposed to ask questions. This is based on the game, so I'm assuming I'm yeah. doing this correct. I'm supposed to ask questions, and it's a yes or a no. So I say, is it a, is it a, I mean, I think I played like once or twice. Is it a city, yeah. right? And you right. say yes or no. If I say yes, then I keep going and going. So it's if not it's a, a no. Right. It's not a traditional icebreaker, but you do get to learn a lot about the person because you see how they ask questions. Right. And where their mind goes and whatever. So, and it was and it's fun. So you get to be friends with the group of people, even though you're probably friends with them anyway if you're at their table. But it was cool. I, I liked that one a lot. I like it. It's, it's creative. Like you said, it's creative. Yeah, that's fine with me. What do you have fine. for number three? Um, number three is human bingo. Human bingo. Yeah, I love human bingo. Wait, I, I don't, what is that? It's exactly what it sounds like. It, that each, each uh, everyone gets a bingo card. Okay. And on each square is a different, like, like fun fact. Uh, somebody with blue eyes. Um, somebody who's never been to Israel. Somebody with this. And you have to run around oh, interesting. and ask all these people different pieces of information in order to get somebody and get bingo. So this is more of a, not during a meal, per se. This is more like an event type icebreaker, would you say? I mean, well, you could do it during a meal. You no, you can't. Like you guess. could use Post-it notes. Right. Post-it note boy. You could n- use post-it notes and put them on top of that square and, you know, get that information. Right. I like that. Yeah. Like the only downside to doing it that way is then you don't have to write the person's name down on the square and therefore there's no name recognition. Ooh. Which is a it's big. All memory. Right. Which is a good part of human bingo. Yeah. You learn new names. Bingo. All right. Number three on my list. Um, anyone that knows me knows I love cereal. So I want to know your favorite cereal. That's a big part. I need Shoot, to know. No, I got to take that off my if, list. If you, you know, if your number yeah. one, no, you can keep it on. If no, your no, number no, no, one no, is like Rice Krispies, if your number one is Rice Krispies, I probably don't want to know you. <laughs> That's fine. If your number one is, I don't know, anything that you eat, I would not want to know you either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, the Rice Krispies was a dig at me. Oh, was it? Is your number one? Wow. My number one favorite cereal is Rice Krispies. Turn around mm. here. Total funness and really, really, really cold milk. Like the milk has to be totally like no. If it's been sitting out for five minutes, it's already oh, lost my it. interest. You like really, that's really it. cold milk and really, really, really hot coffee. Yes, yes, yeah. I am a person of extremes. That is correct. <laughs> Soup also has to be really hot, by the way. That's fair. Yeah, I that I hear. Okay. All right, so now number 
two on Jamie's list. And I wonder if this makes an appearance on all three of our lists because it also makes an appearance on my list. Number two on Jamie's list, favorite ice cream flavor. Yep. Okay. Well, this would be a very boring. Oh, right. It's also boring for me. My answer is always like, I don't like ice cream. Well, because you want people to know you. So I always answer. I only like ice cream sometimes. And when I do, it's vanilla with colorful sprinkles, but it's very mood based. And then I know that I'm not (laughs) going to talk to her the whole meal. Right. You're not going to talk to her. I'm like, okay, that's not the person I want to talk to. But this way you get to know me. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Right. So if I'd say like Carvel Vanilla. It would have to be that specific. Well, anyone that serve. says anyone that says vanilla is kind of like you. If I say right. French vanilla. Does that make it better? It makes it a little better vanilla, and I like vanilla, but that can't be your favorite. Yeah, it's, again, it's I'm too with vanilla. Jamie. I'm with Jamie. Oh, that's funny. I'm with Jamie. I'm not an ice cream person. That, again, that also is like right, right. I'm but not. That's from important. Pavardi's. Like people need to know that I'm not from Pavardi's. I'm much happier with a cucumber. <laughs> right. I just, oh, so gosh. that's not my reason. I'm what? just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happier with the. Cucumber. I just. <laughs> I am not happy with a cucumber. And then I go on to say it's a it's a flaw in my personality, and people just need to know that up front because whatever. That's oh, the so point you spin of ice it positively. If if someone just answered like chocolate, then that's boring. All right, it's chocolate the, and vanilla are boring. It's to create a conversation. No, my point is as <laughs> the answer, it's to create a conversation. It's, I think that a better question then would probably be, what's your favorite Baskin Robbins flavor? But I don't even nah, like. You, I wouldn't. Be able to participate. I don't really know. I just be like flavors. cookies and cream, pralines and cream. Pralines and cream is amazing. I don't even know what that is. Are you for real? What was the first word? Okay, pralines and cream. What's pralines? Pecans. Oh, pecans. Okay. <laughs> What's the next topic? Okay. Are we well, done you tell thing? me. What's your number two? My number two um, is is strange fun fact. Meaning, okay. literally, you just walk, you know, around the table. Right. My cousin did this. We were at my cousin's over Sukkot, and he literally had all these people at this table he had never seen before in his life. But somehow or another, he's just that kind of home in Jerusalem where right. there'll be 40 people at his table and eight of them are his kids. And then multi- then one of them is his son-in-law. And then there are 30 people there he has like never seen before. And he's got to get all these people started on a conversation. Shout out to my cousin, Michael. And that was I mean, it took an hour to go around the table and give it, right? But it was a lot of fun. It's similar to Two Truths and a Lie in that you want to have those those fun facts that are kind of wild that also start the right, conversation. Right, but you don't have to guess about right. which, right. It's just like straight up like, oh, I was once a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Right, that would be fun if we hadn't heard about it a thousand times. But What's there, your strange fun fact? So my strange fun fact, which my cousin um, negated and said wasn't strange enough, is that my shoulders are two different heights. And <laughs> he's like, that's that doesn't qualify in the least bit. I'm like, okay, then I've made Aliyah six times with Nefesh Badefesh, and he keeps sending me back. <laughs> He's like, all right, that's much better. But his wife, actually, my cousin Yaffa, he she has been a bone marrow match twice for two people who are unrelated. Wow, and you're able to give twice? Yep, that's awesome. Isn't that crazy? One of them, right? The two people who are unrelated to each other, which means that she is a match for two different people who have just completely different DNA, which is crazy. Right. So there's so that. That's, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. All mm-hmm. right. So number two on my list also, ice cream flavor. Again, just trying to get to know the person, see if they have any taste, pretty much. Uh, can I give an honorable mention? Yeah, sure. So um, shout out to my daughter who's in Israel who suggested her favorite um, icebreaker is if you were a kitchen utensil, you would be a... Oh, that's a that's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> 
funny. Right, it is funny. That's a good She's one. She's like, I'm sure, I'm sure our, some people would think I'd, I'd be a mallet, but I see myself more as a ladle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I've, I've participated in one of those. You're, I don't remember what I said. You're a salt and pepper shaker. You are just a salt and pepper shaker. I'm thinking spatula, but I'm not sure. Spatula is a funny word. Yeah. Because a word like spatula like has like a Yiddish feel to it. Spatula. I have a friend who's obsessed with spatulas. Really? She loves them. Like different? All different. She, all different. Funny. The big size, the little size. She's obsessed. Really? Yep. She's like a collection? Yes. I have a salt collection. Hmm. That's, that, that's fun for me. No, it's not. The same. Related to the kitchen utensil, I've also done like what's your what if you were a uh, piece of furniture in a living room, what would you be? What would I be? And I really and I had a good good answer huh. and I totally forgot. I'm trying to think if I was a lamp cuz I like to illuminate the room, that type of thing or okay. like Okay. Right, this could kind of fit in like Jamie's pun area. Um Jamie's like be an ottoman. <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> I think that suits me. I feel I relate more to my piano. <laughs> you just feel that? That nobody plays, right? Isn't that always the case? Okay, we ready for number yeah, one? Yeah, number one on Jamie's list, like we said, two, two truths and a lie. Right. So we know that. So what's your number one? Nicknames. Childhood nicknames. I will tell you that it completely works because um, it was the first thing we did when we led, we, meaning me and my co-trip leader, led a birthright trip. And we were in JFK with... 40 people whose names we did not know, who did not know each other, and you immediately have to get people to meld because you're about to have this crazy life-altering experience. You, you need to know somebody on an intimate level. So you're asking them their childhood nicknames, and then within 10 minutes, you're all calling each other your childhood nicknames. Yep. And that's really fun. So, like, like for example, a guy named Jesse Colton, who I'm still friends with on Facebook, who's a triplet and whose siblings were also on the trip. We had fun a set fact. of triplets, correct. His childhood nickname was Curly, and we called him Curly for the next 10 days. Because of his hair? It, well, it, well, his hair was super short, but when he was a baby, he had very curly, curly hair, hair, and his grandmother called him Curly, and that was it. But then it's, what's your childhood nickname, and how did you get that name? And it's just learning something a little bit intimate, a little bit personal about somebody. Like It, break, it literally breaks the ice. It just like breaks down that barrier rather quickly. So I told everybody that my family nickname was Yam, like Mary Yam. So right, so people call me Yam all the time, and I respond. So it's only nicknames that are like positive, (laughs) right? That your older brother has not given you. That is correct. I don't have one. No one got creative with like James, but but I had one that the boys. I for no reason. I have no clue. All the boys in my class called me Genre for all of elementary school. Genre, yes. G E N R E. Yep. Like when we learned about it in in. English or even in library when we sixth went to grade. the library. I'm not sure what class we learned. I hope she have learned the word genre before sixth grade. No, no, I'm saying in elementary school no, we he's were making little. fun of us. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know what happened. The boys called me genre. Huh. All of elementary school. My brother it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. My brother mag- called me maggot. My brother maggot. called me maggot, and it lasted for a very, very, very long. It's a very time. loving. Nickname. And I have two people in my life. He still calls me maggot on occasion. Shout out to my brother. Um, but I have two people who are friends. Well, actually, one's a cousin who calls me Maggot, and I answer at 41 years old. Yes. <laughs> yep, Maggot. That's great. All right. Were so you always Yopo? Was I always Yopo? I was Yopo. It's actually, it's interesting. So I was big red in high school. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, I'm just, I'm big. I tend to be red a lot when I'm embarrassed, when I'm <laughs> yes. playing sports, when I'm whatever. When um, or when you're just randomly sitting attention there. to you. Right. Exactly. Right. When six, someone calls your name. The, the sun is on me for five minutes in 60 right. degree weather. Yeah, whatever it is, I tend to be red. And so I go to yeshiva 
in Israel, and there's another guy with the nickname Big Red. So it was like, oh, okay, boy. we both can't be Big Red. So Was he, he a redhead? No, he, his last name is Redlich. Oh, also I was going to say. Boy, so that, it's he's a, little a smarty more guy with dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is darker. Yeah, he's dark not hair. a redhead either, so it's not necessarily. I know, I didn't it's want true, to I'm not. I don't want to talk about it. And uh, so he said, (laughs) and he said, okay, like you can't be Big Red. I was like, all right. So I was just, wow. Yeah, I was over on your nickname because then I got Yopo. And then I was like, all right. And everyone called me Yopo. It's stuck. And then Shana Bet, I get there. And the Shana Olive kid comes up to me. He's like, I heard you're Yopo. I'm Yopo. And I said, Sorry, is dude. he the Yopo from West Hempstead? No, a different one. And he, I, why don't I, you back off? If you backed off with Big Red, why don't you say okay? Well, for the I was just like, sorry, dude, that's me here. So <laughs> you're gonna have to figure it out, right? Yeah, I was a whole weird. I don't experience. know, maybe because I, I don't know. I mean, at home, people still call me. Not they kind of just leave out the Big Red. They kind of just say Red now, and I just answer to Red. You just answer to that. Um, maybe better or worse than big. me answering to Maggot. Discuss, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, but but. I, I pretty much respond to anything these days, if if I assume it's me. You know? And if Nahum was sitting here, what would be his nickname? Red. Thank you. Oh, right, right, Well, right, how right. you had to stop and think about that. Right. I mean, I just call him by Mr. Siegel. Yes. So His honor. Correct. I don't even know his first name. I don't. Th- I want you to know that my first introduction to Nahum Siegel was as Stretch, because I was a Marasha kid. <clears throat> but I will not call him that. Because I don't think it's appropriate for me to be walking around calling my boss by right. his, you know. Nickname. Same I forgot famous. who nicknamed him, who named him Stretch. There's a story to that. But he wasn't invited to be part of Ford of the Door, so he's not here right now. Oh, well. Okay, so my my last one. So my number one on Ford of the Door, top four icebreakers. My number one, and I was going back and forth between this, so I decided to go with something no one, nothing, something no one knows about you. You're at a table, 10 people, and it was between that or like an embarrassing moment, but sometimes it's just hard to think of an embarrassing moment. Not in my life. Um, but the whole, but the whole point of it is to try to get someone to break out of their comfort zone. I want to see how pe- com- comfortable you are when you're in an uncomfortable situation, not knowing so many people at a meal, etc. Um, so you know, I'll be, I don't know, with probably like five friends and not five friends, and I'll just say something that I try to think of something that literally no one knows about me, but it's kind of hard because I'm pretty open and pretty much everyone knows everything about me. Yeah, I don't know what I would pick. Um. But sometimes I'd be like, I enjoy picking my nose, you know? All right, there's that. All right. You know, no one really knows that other than now the millions of people listening. But I had chicken pox twice. Ooh. Didn't know that. <laughs> of course I did. Yes, I had chicken pox twice. Didn't know that. I don't know that that's something that nobody knows. I would have to put this in the very rare column. Right, so for some of us that are more comfortable, just, you know, informa- people know things about us. There's anything right. that nobody knows. Some, Jamie, you're, you're hiding stuff. I'm like an open book. And more than that... I'm, Sorry, but you have a spouse. Right. 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 There's that. Meaning that No no no. Okay. I but, don't have secrets that I you know Right, Shkoyach. So so I mean, Oh Shkoyacht me. <laughs> obviously your spouse knows. I mean, okay, I, I hope so that's so. why I'm working on the nobody thing. But there's sometimes things that you've probably never mentioned. I mean, maybe now at your point you have, but I'm sure there's things Yoey doesn't know about you. Like something that happened in like sixth grade that you're you know, reminiscing about, like, oh. Right. You know, does he know that people called you hiccup? They didn't call me hiccup. <laughs> just yelled hiccup. Did people, does... They yelled, I hiccup a lot. And in high school, they made a game about it. Every time I hiccuped, whoever screamed hiccup first got a point. But they didn't call me hiccup. <laughs> so does he know that? I think so. See, he doesn't know that. I'll text him after. Do you know? See if he knows that. Were you aware of the game Teacher Bingo? No. Oh, this is a Wallach Child high school phenomenon. I'm not sure she started it, but she certainly made it popular. Of course she did, because this would be trouble that my kids would cause. 
it's a bingo board where you get you write down random things that you then have to get your teacher to say somehow or another. And each time you get them to say something, it's bizarre, bizarre, just, you know, totally random things. Then you get to scratch off that, you know, X off that box. So it would be like, you know, in the middle of social studies class and the word is like sushi. And then you would raise your hand and go, I could really use some sushi for lunch. And then the teacher would have to say something along the lines of, that is a really random comment to mention sushi in the middle of a social studies right. lesson. Check. Right. That would and be- you would allow that being a former teacher. You're okay. I was horrified. <laughs> horrified, horrified, horrified. Laughing on the inside, but horrified. Right. 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 That's funny. Yeah, I like that's, that. Good yeah, she's a hoot. Good She's a hoot, that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. What were the other ones that you're uh, one of maybe your children said? Oh, um, you know, favorite cereal was up there also. I could play the recording that she sent me because it was just a whole bunch of different things. But the, oh, also favorite scent. Oh, interesting. Favorite scent. And, um, right. So, and she clarified so that you understand that we're talking about like Glade air freshener scents. So cinnamon, apple spice, vanilla, sea breeze, fresh linen. I've done that one. It's only coming to my head because she just mentioned all of I've done that one a few times and there's always that one or two people that say gasoline. Oh, she said gasoline. There, see, so like, I'm. I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean, I happen to like the smell of gasoline. I hate it. Ugh. Right, but that's the difference between smells and scents. That so, okay, was also so a clarif- So smells are like cookies. Is you gasoline a, a scent or a smell? Smell. Smell. I can't believe scent. I remember. Like this. freshly cut grass, is also a smell. Correct. Right. I hate that smell too, but people love it. New car smell is a. Oh, that's a tough smell. Is it a smell or a scent? That's a good question. It's not a Glade scent, so I'm not sure it qualifies. But vanilla, but breeze. I use Febreze, so I'm not holding on the same. Um, right, you know, right. tropical something, lavender. But right. I will say, lavender that is the worst of any <laughs> any. I don't care what brand it is. There is a Febreze brand with gain, like with the yes, the all the smells are amazing. Agreed. Amazing. And effective and long lasting. Very effective. This is a good and not infomercial. <laughs> but laundry is a good smell. Laundry is a smell, not a and scent. Laundry detergent. is a smell, yeah. I use dye-free, perfume-free. Yes, and agreed. Yoli is very upset with me. Well, also, but, yeah, but then your dryer sheets, you didn't put anything in the smell. No, because it also, I can't uh, have the scent or the whatever. Uh, it happens when you have an allergy. Right, no, so. well, I... But he now misses clean smelling laundry. Well, we only right. use cheer at the Wallach household because it's one thing Stephen Wallach is not allergic to. Mm-hmm. We always use cheer. So between cheer, his right guard, and Dove soap, that's his scent, and the kids love it. So he changed <laughs> deodorant once, and he's like, "That's it. I'm going to destroy their childhoods." And- oh, yeah, house smells are also so funny. Yeah, you know, so when you distinct. Walk- also, oh, I have sure. friends that if I smelled it now, I'd be like, "Oh, yeah. this is your house." Do you want to hear something crazy? I mean, we are totally off topic, but a friend of mine lost her father and somebody who came to the funeral was somebody that this friend of mine had not seen in 20 years. And she walked up to her and, of course, recognized her. I mean, they were high school best friends. And she looked at her and she goes, you smell exactly the way you smelled in high school. And she's (laughs) like, that's because I haven't changed my perfume in 20 years. Isn't that funny? That's great. I like. I wonder if I don't. I don't know if my house ever had a smell, but like, I wonder if a friend of mine saw me here in New York. If they if they you know smell me and be like, oh, that's your smell. It probably wouldn't be the same. I just wanted you to know that if your like friends your walk house. up to you and start sniffing you, there's a big problem. You don't general. do that. You don't go up to people. No, not so yeah. much. I try yeah. to stay away from people and their smells. 
<laughs> I have a very, very, very sensitive sense of smell. See, which... That's something we know about you. That's true. And I have a very, we're... very, very sensitive sense of smell. These Nahum Single Network icebreakers. We got to do more of these. Like bad. Like it's almost problematic. <laughs> that's good. Well, listen, I had a great time with y'all. Jamie, first of all, thank you for joining us. This is a lot of fun when Jamie joins in. No, and oh, I mean, also you, Miriam. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, it happens a <laughs> lot. Le- I mean, Jamie's. I'm trying to think of what partaken. Right, that's a word. I'm Partook, not partaken. Him. Nope. Yep. Jamie has. It, <laughs> geez, it's I've, fun to bait Jamie within 30 seconds of being on the air and know that she's going to come in here and right. start talking to us. Because then she sits on the air with us and we have a good time. Like this was fun and you I think did she great. Also enjoyed, right? You caught me in a good mood. <laughs> well, we? thank God for that. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Jamie's. I mean, she's not over yet, there, James. That's true. She's joined us for almost every single four to the door this this season. Nuh-uh. Pretty much every single one. On air? Oh, no, no, no. no. I mean, in, in general. But this is, I think, only your second or third time on air? I think maybe third. Maybe third. All right. We'll do a few more as the season continues. <laughs> Jamie and I'll I have... could do favorite diamond shapes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to. I'll shut my mic for Get that. Get a girlfriend. Yeah, that, we'll that, might work, too. that might work, Yoni too. Yoni Pollock available for but... weddings and bar mitzvahs. And other things, too. <laughs> exactly. And dates. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sh- I could say so many things on air, but I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Thank you all for joining me. And, thank you for um, having us. Again, uh, maybe next week Pesach's coming around, and I know you love Pesach. I do love Pesach. So maybe Pesach we might no, 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 next Pesach. week. Next week, okay. We might because I don't want to scare my listeners. You know, let them think Pesach's far away. And well, then, it was yesterday. Was Rosh Chodesh? You know, it so, was. So you you think they got the hint? You think that was their first? Listen, hint, if like, you shoot? needed a wake up call, <laughs> it was Rosh Chodesh Rosh yesterday. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right, mom, you better start. Uh, get get in the house ready. I'll be there soon. Don't worry. I'm just assuming she's listening. Maybe she's not. Who knows? I hope she are. I hope for your sake she yeah. is too. All right. So thank you guys. You got it. And uh, thank you. I have to thank Tova Knecht and I have to thank Joanna, both of them, who helped us uh, this week with their interviews. Again, Tova spoke with Rabbi Dove Lipman, Joanna with Daniel Laufer of Let's Bench. You could check out the archive, which is going to be up, I, I assume, within minutes. I assume within minutes of me closing up here, our uh, engineer of Rummy. Does an incredible job with our archive section. Make sure everything is timely available for everyone. That's on NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, download it. Google Play Store, Apple Store, go ahead and do so. A reminder, tomorrow, 11, to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., we will be in Lakewood, Seasons of Lakewood, uh, doing a Thursday live lunch. Thursday live lunches. I mean, all the live lunches are great, but Thursday live lunches are usually spectacular um and a manashevitz thursday live lunch is even better so again thursday 11 a.m to 1 p.m seasons in lakewood if you are in the lakewood area or if you are anywhere and just want to be in the lakewood area come ahead and join us we will uh i'll be available to maybe talk up a little bit nachem will be on air miriam will be helping out jamie will help me out truth is i don't know how much time i'll have for you but come ahead come out and join us uh and we'll be happy to uh say Hello. So again, thank you all for tuning in to the last two hours here with me. Again, shout out to my brother and sister-in-law. Shalom Zachar on the Heights, if you'd like to join. Um, I got nothing for you. But if you'd like to join, just we'll have you we'll have you in our thoughts. But again, my name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you that the bite size is the right size.